We're back to the Total Celebrity Show on the Total Education Network. Again, Tolter.net for more information. Twitter, Tolter, Neil S. Haley, Facebook. LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Tolter, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, Neil Haley. And it just uh, let the uh, interesting interviews roll on and on. And uh, I just, it's such an unbelievable thing. I get to talk to so many amazing people. Bob Newton, superstar with Nebraska. Bob, thanks for calling and how are you? Very well, Neil. How are you? Uh, doing fantastic uh, for sure. And uh, where did, did you always want to play football growing up, Bob? Uh, when I was growing up in, in Southern California, I was I was rather large as a as a youngster. So I always I could I couldn't meet the the weight classification. So uh, I wasn't you know they they wouldn't let you play if you were a certain weight and age. So but I would always go to the youth football games and watch them on Saturday. And then I I finally started playing organized football as a sophomore in high school. Uh, interesting. And so because you're a big guy, it was a perfect fit for you. And once you got on that field, uh, did did you know you were you could play in the pros someday? It was just, did it come easy to you? No, not at all. I didn't, it didn't come easy to me at all. I was, I was very uncoordinated as a sophomore in, in high school. And I, uh, uh, I was very gangly. And I was about, I don't know, 5'10", maybe 200 at that time, which was a good size for a sophomore. But you know, fairly gangly, and, and I was growing pretty fast, and so, and you know, they had to teach me how to get in the stance, uh, but each year in high school, I got better, and by, by my junior year, I was voted most improved player. By my senior year, I was most valuable lineman, but still, colleges, basically, uh, there was no interest for four-year school, so I went to a junior college for two years, and then I, I rapidly developed uh, technique and skills and size, and then got offered a lot of scholarships and ended up going to the University of Nebraska. All right, so you go to the University of Nebraska, and at that time in the seventies, was it a powerhouse like the years in the in the eighties and nineties with Nebraska? No, actually, uh, when I went there, they were coming. Uh, uh, my first season there was nineteen sixty nine, and they and they were coming off two six and four seasons and. They were thinking about firing Coach Bob Devaney, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, negativity uh, towards the the football program. And uh, but in 1969, we went nine and two. We beat Georgia in the Sun Bowl, 45 to six. And then in 1970, we went undefeated and were uh, declared national champions. And then the 71 team, the 1971 team was was also undefeated and were national champions. And Many many uh, outlets have voted them the team of the century, the 1971 Nebraska team. So we got it turned around. Was it the same coach that got it turned around? Yes, it was. It was Coach Devaney. Coach Devaney coached through 1973, and then he turned over the uh, the head coaching responsibilities to Coach Tom Osborne, who actually uh, recruited me out of California. He oh, was, wow! Uh, the main person that contacted me to recruit. That's a legendary coach for sure, Tom Osborne, and your coach before as well. But I mean, amazing what that really brought the Nebraska program. You were the beginning of it, right? Of the uh, of the legacy of what Nebraska football is. It sounds like what you guys. Well, I feel very fortunate, very grateful to be part of that historic uh, turnaround and the um, you know the progress that we made. They also also implemented a strength power conditioning program in the in the spring of 1969 which I was one of the first players and the the man responsible for that was Boy Epley who's kind of the father, the godfather of strength training for college coaches and 
got to know him, and he and I continued to remain friends. But, uh, yeah, there's the state of Nebraska really, you know, really supports the program, and so it was a great time for the fans of Nebraska, too. And just that became the the team, right? Lincoln and and the the Cornhuskers. Everyone lived and died Cornhuskers after those two seasons, didn't they? For sure. Yep, it was it was a great experience. And then I went from there to the Bears in seventy uh, one. And you played for a bunch of different teams as an All Pro for sure. What was your greatest experience in the NFL? What which team would you say I, yeah. I hang my hat on and say that's my team? Well, you know, I, I was with the Bears for five years and then the Seattle Seahawks for six years, and I had great experiences uh, on both teams. Uh, I think helping the being on the Seattle Seahawks expansion team of 1976 with Steve Largent and Jim Zorn and some guys, I, that 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 brings a lot of gratitude because that was their first year, and we were, you know, we were responsible to get the franchise off the ground and. I ended up playing with them, as I said, six years. And, uh, you know, we turned it into a winning franchise by uh, 1978. We were 9-7 and seven after only uh, being in the league three years. And then 1979, we were 9-7. and seven. We would have made the playoffs in today's, uh, the, way, to the way they they have teams eligible to make playoffs. Today, but back then, 9-7, and seven, they'd get you in there. But... But then I had a great time in Chicago playing with guys like Dick Buckus and Gail Sayers and uh, and uh, uh, Walter Payton. So, and just being around George wow. Hallis and that organization was a you know a phenomenal experience too. We we weren't winning there too much at that time, but it was still a great experience. Well, Bob, you have a book for both hands of all those players you played with. To write, have you not written a book yet? I don't know why you haven't, <laughs> because of the of those, of those teams playing with the Bears, with those amazing legendary players, and then also playing with the Seahawks and the beginning of the phases of uh, a tremendous franchise, and with some of the players you played with, some great stories to tell for sure. Yeah, I've I've talked to some people about the possibility of doing that, Neil, writing a book, and so it's definitely and and. Um... In, in the thinking stage, for sure. You need to contact Triumph Books. That's who you need to contact out of Chicago. Best sports writing book. I, I have Triumph book authors on all the time, and I guarantee no that. And what was the name again? Triumph. Triumph Books. Oh, Triumph. Yeah, yeah. okay. They're ph- phenomenal out of Chicago, and uh, oh my gosh, I have all their great players on all the time, and, and I mean, not play- and players and authors, but I mean, tremendous, and they're always looking for celebrity authors for their yeah. writing, so definitely, I think you should think about that. Put that on your bucket list for sure, Bob. All right, so... Because yep, yep, <laughs> uh, I, I tell you, I'd be interested in just learning about the Bears. For uh, Could you imagine some of those stories and, and, and playing with those legendary players? And then the Seahawks, that would sell a lot, too, because... What, how about those Seahawks? I, I, yeah, when I look at them now, I mean, they—I was at the Super Bowl game, and uh, uh, they could be two-time world champion back to back. Don't don't talk about that, Bob. Oh man, <laughs> you know why I'm up, I, as a Steeler fan? Do you think I wanted the Patriots to win? No, no, they're the evil ones. (laughs) That's right. right. So, so I was like, you know, and and I'm not going to say I'm a huge Seahawk fan because I'm a Denver Bronco fan. I'm a Bronco and Steeler fan, so it's very hard to. But I I wanted the Seahawks to win, and I couldn't believe that happened. And so, you were at the Super Bowl, and you're probably you're you're probably like, okay, they're going to be two time Super Bowl champions. Oh yeah, and it was over. 
Yeah, the Seahawks, they, they, we had a, uh, a semi-alumni uh, get-together there, and a lot of former players showed up. And uh, so it was great seeing te- old teammates and, and supporting the Hawks. Well, so you, you bleed both teams? Would you say Chicago Bears, too, or are you back in touch with them a lot and stuff, the, the well, organization? I, 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 it's been a while. I went back to the uh, 2003 when they uh, opened up the new Soldiers Field, and there was a bunch of us that went back to there. But then I haven't been back there since. But I am going there in June, and I'm, I've got uh, I've already made arrangements to go see uh, Hallis Hall, which is in Lake Forest, Illinois, where the team trains. And I got a good friend there still with the organization, Clyde Emmerich, who was the strength coach there for since 1975, one of the strength coaches. So he's going to meet me out there. So I'll get, I'll get a tour of the facility and say hi some, to some folks. So I, I want to get more involved with the alumni there back in Chicago. All right, two great organizations to say you're with, and unbelievable how probably when you opened up that franchise, you never knew that that franchise was going to grow like this. The, the, oh, the Seahawks. No, we, no, no, no. It was. I we had really good ownership. The Nordstrom family was the owners, and uh, they they were very impressive, and everything was first class. So we knew that, you know, they were serious about having a successful organization. And the people of Seattle, as you can see now with the 12th man, were just they were they were like that even when we first started. Almost, they were so happy to have a team in the Northwest. Here's a question. All right, Bob. So uh, I understand you uh, had an honor with the Seahawks. Tell us specifically about that honor with the Seahawks. Yeah, well, the, it was in 1980. I was uh, I was chosen as the Seahawks lineman of the year, which was the first year that they started that award in Seattle. And I was I was very proud of that because I was coming off a very severe career threatening uh, knee injury. I sliced my uh, anterior cruciate to pieces uh, in night, towards the end of the 1979 season. So. There was some doubt that I would even play, so I felt very good about coming back in 1980. Put a lot of hard work in the rehabilitation in the off season, and and I was honored with that award. And I think they still give it up there in Seattle. But but I was, you know, I've, I had some football cards produced in the early 70s. The Bears thought I would be an All-Pro uh, uh, offensive guard once I got a little bit more experience and. Uh, I, I, one of the things I think that prevented me from that was my substance use problem that I developed. Uh, actually, I, it, it's probably started in late high school, progressed through college, and then really materialized when I became a pro. And it just kept me from uh, uh, off-season. Each year it got a little bit harder for me in the off-season to get the conditioning and, and so forth. And, and soon after my 11-year NFL career, I entered a, uh, uh, an alcohol drug treatment center and in the state of Washington, and uh, and it that was in July of 1983, and thankfully I've I've been sober since then, and uh, have worked mostly for the last 29 years. I've worked in the field of of chemical dependency. And I've been with the Betty Ford Center here in Rancho Mirage for the last 15 years. So. That, that's great. It turned, they, into, uh, it turned into a life's work for me. So going through that hard time, Bob, and then making the choice to get better, and then after recovering from the alcohol abuse, you decided, I am going to pay it forward and help others through these trying times. That's great. Okay. Yeah, it just became a passion, and I just felt there was a lot of ignorance in our society about um uh, 
chemical dependency and the disease of addictions. And so I, you know, I've done a ton of public speaking um, and uh, and so forth. And I'm doing that now for the for the Hazel and Betty Ford Foundation, and uh, and and these types of interviews and and so forth. So just help with the educational process in our society that there's, you know, that there's a. Uh, that I, from what I've learned and from my recovery, I feel I, I owe a, uh, I owe that responsibility. Are you concerned about young people today, especially with now uh, the legalization of marijuana and it's being in the, how high school kids are thinking it's an okay drug to go ahead and utilize and, and it's a gateway drug in so many aspects to really having more and more people addicted to drugs and alcohol because of just specifically just how the mainstream media takes it and all of the people and how it's really just a joke and it's okay for kids and how yeah, that's a good point. No, yeah. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's a very dangerous uh, concept. These States legalizing them because young kids will, will, uh, you know, they see that as a, as a mixed message and, and, and the mixed messages we send young people about alcohol too. They, you know, a lot of times young kids start drinking around 13 or 14 and, they see so many positive messages on TV and in sports outlets that, you know, this is, uh, this is what you need is to drink. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of room for us to, to grow in a society and our responsibility to send a, a, a clearer message to young people. Oh, definitely send that clear message to young people and think about this. The problem is that you legalize in a couple states. Then you have places like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the kids are saying, hey, it's legal in some other places. Why can't I do it? So I'm going to be, I, it shouldn't be illegal. And the police are starting to ignore it more. And so that leads to it. Then it leads to hard, harder drugs and the kids that can't control themselves, Bob, or the ones that, you know, are going through some hard times and, and they really get addicted to this drug or alcohol. They decide I'm going to try something even more that's going to make me feel even better because of their hard times, because of maybe uh, hereditary addiction from their family members and things like that. And it's just so difficult mm-hmm. and it must frustrate you or, and really say, we got to go through this process, especially when they get to this addiction phase. Right. Yeah, well, it does. It does. And, and you're exactly right. I, you know, all, you know, I've worked as a counselor for many years too. And, and every assessment that I did on a, on a heroin addict, they, they didn't start right on heroin. No, it was a no. progressive, you know, it was a progressive process and it usually started with alcohol and pot. And then it, you know, those drugs quit doing the, having the effect that they wanted. And so they just it escalated and escalated and they built up tolerance. The next thing, you know, they're, they're, you know, a lot of the pain medications now get so expensive that young people go to heroin because it's cheaper. And right. uh, so it's, it's definitely a, an element in our society that we've got to continue to address. So you work with all types of abuse, of substance abuse then at the clinic? Yeah, yeah, we we treat uh, you know the disease of alcoholism. I I I like using the term chemical dependency. Anybody that has a dependency on any chemical, it could be you know speed, amphetamines, cocaine, uh, pot. Most people that are coming in now, there's usually poly addiction, where there's usually two or three chemicals that they're using pretty regularly instead of just one. Now, some of the older adults that come in, sometimes it's, it's exclusively alcohol. But, 
you know, the middle age on down, a lot of them are coming in with, with multiple uh, addictions. Um, and, uh, they, you know, a lot of times they may go to a psychiatrist or to a doctor that doesn't and understand the disease of addiction and they get prescribed uh, a, a, some, some medication that, that becomes, you know, physically dependent and they get physically dependent on it. Right. Uh, and then... And they already and they weren't honest with the psychiatrist about their alcohol use, so they get the double whammo. They have an alcohol problem now. They're on a on a drug that's addicted to them. Some kind of could be some kind of uh, antidepressants like Xanax or so forth. So then they come into treatment and they're they're pretty sick people, and mm-hmm. uh, they need they need medical detox and they need to be looked after medically to make sure that they can. Uh, you know, be detoxed safely. Right. Well, Bob, you're doing some tremendous work and you really uh, piggybacked off your great NFL career and uh, college career to help others for sure. Do you have a place to find information on you, Bob, or anything? Or is it more, yeah, or is it more just uh, where you work? Yeah, because I, you know, I, uh, I had, you know, my, my Nebraska career, I was a consensus all American there as a offensive tackle. And, uh, and so that was uh, that. That's the most accolades I got at, when we were speaking about football, and I was I was very proud of that. Uh, and I, the Nebraska, I've uh, been chosen in the Nebraska Hall of Fame football, and is one of the top fifty players in the history of Nebraska football. That's great. Uh, but I could, you know, I could send you a little a bio if you'd like for me to. Neil. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely. And is there a website for the Betty Ford uh, Foundation in in California where you're at? The one. Absolutely, at? it's uh, the Hazel and Betty Ford dot uh, com or dot org, I think. And and we'll get uh, we'll get the the site will come up uh, if they just if they just type in Hazel and Betty Ford Foundation, it'll come up. Uh, and then it has all of our services there and uh, here at Rancho Mirage and throughout the the facilities, uh, throughout the other states where we have facilities. The uh, it's a very the, the Hazelman Foundation uh, has a very expansive uh, network of facilities throughout the throughout the United States and Florida here at Rancho Mirage, uh, New York, Minnesota. Awesome, so, great. Yeah, Oregon. Yeah. Well, definitely. Let's stay in touch. Let's figure out a way we can connect maybe on Facebook and stuff and reach out. And then uh, I definitely hope you write a book. Uh, you have some great stories to tell for sure. So when you have that book written, you'll definitely come back on the show uh, for sure. Okay, You're always Neil. welcome anytime. And, yeah. And I am on Facebook. So just under Bob Newton. Uh, and you're under uh, Neil Haley, right? Yes, Neil S. Haley, because I try to differentiate myself. But you'll find me easily. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, I'll send you a friend request. All right. Sounds good, Bob. Good talking to you and best of luck. Thank you, Neil. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening Bye-bye. to Total Celebrity Show. and We'll be back in just a moment. Weekends are for the warriors of home projects. 84 Lumber has 14 Pittsburgh locations that are open on Saturdays to keep you on track and get you the supplies you need. Each member of 84 Lumber's expert team is experienced in building materials of all kinds, and they are ready to answer your home improvement questions to get the job done right. If you're looking for the hometown personalized service of a family-owned company, 84 Lumber is your go-to supplier. Visit 84lumber.com to find your nearest store and get started on your project today. 
Join us on Thursday night, November 16th, as the Penguins take on the Devils at BBG Paints Arena. Malkin skates the stick, angled down low, chance in front, Crosby, he scores! Sidney Crosby falling down, buries it! The first 10,000 fans in attendance will receive a Penguins Trapper hat, thanks to UPMC Hillman Cancer Center, in honor of Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Order your tickets now at PittsburghPenguins.com. Penguin season presented by UPMC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.